The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Good morning, everyone. This is Rob Golfy with Remax, the Golfy team. Welcome to the Golfy Real Estate Show with host Rick Zamprin. Yes, this is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton edition on 900 CHML. Rick Zamprin with you. That is the voice of Rob Golfy. He is a sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. Online, robgolfy.com. On your phone at 905-575-7700. And you know that Golfy gets its sold. They're dominating social media as well. Follow the Golfy team on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And if you have a topic idea for a future show or an email you'd like to send to the Golfy team to ask a real estate related question, that email address is questions at robgolfy.com. We're going to talk about a number of different issues today, including uh, well, what's happening in the provincial election campaign in a few days? We'll be going to the polls and electing uh, new MPPs or re-electing MPPs to Queen's Park. So we'll talk about some promises that, uh, well, at least one of the party is uh, making. Interest in mortgages from alternative lenders is, uh, well, it's call, uh, causing a ripple effect in the market. We'll also talk about the uh, danger of mistaking a correction for a crash in the housing sector. We'll talk about slowing sales. And is it still possible to buy a home for less than 200 k Apparently it is. We'll dive into that in a matter of minutes. But first off, Rob, how's your week been? The week has been, uh, it's been, it's, it's a different week, uh, actually very different. Um, the, um, uh, a lot of calls, uh, from people, um, you know, just like last week where people are frustrated, uh, they're not getting any action on their house and they just got to be patient, uh, and it'll happen, but they just got to be patient. Um, we're, ju- we're trying to find where the, 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 the market point, like the pivotal point where the market is on certain people's houses. And then once we're there, we just sit and you just got to sit and wait. Cause sometimes markets change week by week. So you have to be very careful. You don't want to reduce the price of a house and, and, and you don't have to because the market's just not there yet. So, and, uh, so you have to be very, very careful about that. And we're really monitoring it very closely. And the, the great thing, the good thing about what we have is that, um, we, we've got, uh, houses, uh, for sale, like in from, from Niagara to Halton and Hamilton and Brantford. So, and we know the trends that happen in different areas and we know when things pick up and slow down and we can monitor that. So a lot of the times if, if a, a realtor may not know this, but the market could be on pause. And if they, if they tell their clients to reduce the house while the market is on pause, they can end up actually hurting themselves because they didn't have to do that. It's just the market is just paused. And then when the market starts, you know, uh, gearing up again, uh, that house probably would have sold. So you got to be very, very careful. You don't uh, reduce a house when the market's on pause. We know there's a cool down happening right now. We know even houses that are priced right right now, some of them are not even selling. So again, you got to be very careful. Uh, and it, it's a, just a pause that's that's happening in the market. So eventually, uh, you know, things are going to, they're going to turn. Everybody's just kind of sitting back on the sidelines waiting what's, uh, what, you know, what's going to happen with interest rates in June. Everybody's going to be, you know, figuring out. Uh, and then from there, once they figure that out, then we're going to be kicking in gear. Now, if interest rates go up, 
it could pa- it could pause the uh, the market again a little longer. It's hard to tell, but uh, but we'll we'll see when June hits, and uh, that's that's just happening this coming week. So it, it has been a much different market, and I can say that um, you know just reflecting on the recent happenings in my neighborhood, which wasn't too long ago, where a for sale sign would go on a lawn, and in a matter of a week like literally days, uh, you know, sold would be stuck on the sun because it wouldn't last that long. There have been recently two properties in my neighborhood, and this is in the you know, upper Wellington Fennel kind of area, um, where, uh, you know, built in the same year, 50s, uh, and have the same kind of interior decor, not terribly updated, but not too out of date. Um, one sold uh, just over a week's time. The other is still for sale. It's been on the market for at least a couple of weeks. It just goes to show you that if it's not priced, uh, you know, right, especially in this challenging market, it's probably going to sit. Yes, yes, and and I and, and also I want to define, you know, there there's definitions out there, you know, um, but like I said, normally in a normal housing market. It's it's a, a balanced market. It does take sometimes thirty to sixty days to sell a house. Mm-hmm. So we've been so used to selling houses in one week, you know, holding offers and this and that. It 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 it's it's different. I get it. It's different. A lot of especially a lot of new realtors that started up in the last two years, they haven't experienced this. So to them, it's a culture shock, and and they're and they're not sure what to do. Some of these agents the first time they're seeing conditions on offers and sometimes they don't even know what to do with it. Like, so it's, it's a retraining for especially newer agents uh, when coming into this market, especially if an agent started in the past uh, 18 months to two years. So there's a, there's a lot of new things happening for a lot of new uh, realtors out there and, and, and and a lot of new home buyers and sellers out there. Just, uh, you know, changes happen all the time. And, and, and people don't know this, but markets do change week by week. So, so as, as a, as a consumer out there, they don't see that, but markets do change. And you could see some weeks, some houses, uh, like it's robust, the market's fast and some weeks it's a little slower. So you just, you just got to be able to read into that. And, and a lot of people don't have that capability because they don't have the inventory to, to monitor it as, as well as we do. Mm-hmm. Are you, when, when you're meeting with clients, certainly those homeowners who are putting their homes on the market, do they have a new appreciation for the, the balanceness of the market or are they still kind of stuck in the past a little bit? They're a little bit, they're, they're still, a lot of them are still stuck in the past. They're frustrated. And some of these guys, they wish they actually had their house on the market earlier. And, you know, you know, people told them and now they regret not putting their house on the market mm-hmm. earlier uh, in the year. So now they're feeling the, you know, I told you so that, you know, how people love to tell, say that word, I told you so. <laughs> but, uh, um, but, but you know what? Um, I think, I think, you know, just people in general um, are listening to, 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 to people outside that aren't realtors. That's the problem. They're listening to their friends, their neighbors, their coworkers, and you know, their coworkers say, Hey, your house is worth, you know, 1.5 million. Really? It's only worth 1.2 million. Well, you know, I, I, my, my reply to that is I tell the clients, I go, Hey, 
Sell it to them for 1.2 because if they think it's 1.5, they made 300,000. Just tell them that. So, <laughs> but a lot of a lot of times when you put when you put that on the table uh, to their friend, they back away like they're just walking away. No, no, it's okay. I'm not interested. You know, uh, you see how fast they change their tune uh, in indicating what the market's like. Yeah, uh, interesting. So, interesting but, development at Hamilton City Hall where. Um, the Balfour Estate, which is, I think most people just call it uh, Shadok, uh, one of those heritage homes on the mountain. Um, the city has come into a lease agreement with uh, Card- the Cardis Institute. It's a, a think tank that wants to um, restore and then, I guess, live in the home. Um, so it's signed a 17-year lease agreement. Now, Cardis is not paying rent, but they are going to put a lot of money into the home because it needs a lot of money. One and a half million dollars is what they're thinking of at least putting into it, which works out to about, you know, over 17 years, about $7,000 if you are paying rent per month, which is, you know, a pretty big chunk of change. If this home were to go on the market, though, if the city said, hey, we're going to sell this, what do you think the price tag would be? It'd be... It'd... It'd be huge. Um, I, I, I think the city, I don't know. I guess it's hard to tell what, what they're trying to do. If they put it on the open market, um, they, they, they get millions. But the problem here is, is if they're leasing it, they still own it. Mm-hmm. But the problem is it's going it, to, but I, you're, I'm telling you this thing is going to change as they're renovating this place. It's going to be more than 1.5 million to renovate this place. Cause I've renovated quite a few places and believe me, it, it is going to be a lot more money. And the, this agreement that they're putting together is going to change uh, in a year from now. And, um, and, and it's going to cost the city a lot more money than they think. And I think they should have just sold it, get their money clean, uh, clear it up, and boom, and, 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 and cash out. But they want to keep it. And uh, so, anyway, we'll see what happens. But we're going to be talking about this again probably in uh, six months to maybe a, a year and a half from now. So you'll see uh, that the, the lease agreement has changed or the, the amount of money they thought they were going to put in has changed. Because $1.5 million on a house like that, like a place like that, is not enough. That, I'm going to tell yeah, you that, that right doesn't now. It doesn't go that far, that's for sure. The other thing, too, is if, if they were to sell it, you know, if you know, it is a heritage property, there's so much you can do with it to begin with, right? Like you're not going to change the outside. Uh, there's probably a lot of things inside that you won't be able to change. Oh, exactly. So, well, the inside w- will be easier to, to change if they want, but the outside for sure, they were not going to be able to change. They have to restore it to it to, to close to original as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, 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 the inside, I mean, you know, I, I think they will allow, I'm not sure what the stipulations they have, but cause they have to make it fit what they want. Right. Um, but again, it's, it's like, it, it's not 1.5 million is not going to be enough. It, it, it would have been easier and, and more better for the city if they sold it. Uh, and, but we'll find that out now. So, so maybe in 17 years, if it's a 17 year lease, <laughs> um, in 17 years, they'll sell it. So who knows? And then, but it, it just depends on the lease agreement that they signed with, uh, with these people. Yeah. That area of the city too. I mean, we're talking about the mountain brow, uh, scenic drive, which is a highly sought after neighborhood, the average price of a normal home, forget about, you know, an estate like Balfour Estate, the price of a normal home is way north of a million. That is for sure. Oh, yeah. Like, like great location and, you know, great property. Again, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I guess uh, maybe they just want to hang on to it. They're not ready to let it go, the city. But yeah. uh, but definitely, uh, I mean, it needs work. There's no doubt. And uh, 
still, uh, we'll see what happens with it. You we, know? Sh- we shall it's, see. Uh, uh, here's a question. Here's a question that we'll get into our next segment. Is it still possible to buy a home for less than $200,000? We'll get the answer when we come back here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. A house in the middle of a street. A Welcome back. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with you, alongside Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax Escarpman Realty, the Golfy team. Find them on the World Wide Web. The website is robgolfy.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call Hamilton's first ever real estate team to sell a thousand homes in a year. 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Like them on Facebook, follow them on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you have a topic idea or a question for the Golfie team, send them an email. Questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. Uh, a home for two hundred less than two hundred thousand um, dollars. Do they still exist? You know what? If it exists, it, you're getting a sliver of a property. <laughs> um, I, I, it, it's it's very rarely out there, and I didn't get a chance to even check to see if there was any houses. But there there might be the odd one or two out there. But it, but it's it's a tear down. It's uh it's nothing. It could be a garage uh, that's sitting on a property that. Uh, and that's all that's on that property. So you have to put, you may have to put sewers on that property. You may have to, you know, you got to do a lot of things, but very rare. Uh, you'll see uh, 200,000. Now, five years ago, not a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and too bad. I, I wish I bought them all up because right now they'd be worth a, a lot more money. So it's just, it's, it's very rare to find a house, 200,000. Well, here, here is how rare it is in Hamilton. Uh, it is 0.24% of homes that are $200,000 or more. So there might be one house <laughs> that's going to be a knockdown yeah. in Hamilton. That's, that's under 200 K. Exactly. And it, and, and I'll tell you, and it's probably not a house. It's a garage yeah, that's sitting yeah. on a, on, on a, on a deed of, of a property on itself. And, uh, it's, it's very rare. So you, you won't find that very, very rare. And, and, and if it did show up for sale, there'd be about uh, 50 offers on it. Uh, <laughs> it just depends on the size of the lot. You're probably so. right. And if any listeners out there are thinking, well, there's gotta be another place in Ontario, maybe near Hamilton that has a home or some homes under 200,000. Well, here's the answer. Kawartha Lakes is the only large city where more than 1% of the available housing stock is under $200,000. In Waterloo, that percentage is 0.32%. Against Hamilton is 0.24%. Ottawa, 0.14%. There are 29 cities across Ontario which have zero homes under 200,000, including uh, Caledon, Markham, Richmond Hill, and of course many of the other big ones. You have to go really to other provinces to find homes under two hundred thousand dollars, 
You have to go to Winnipeg, way up north, where it's super cold, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and pretty much. And if you want a house that uh, that is uh, under two hundred thousand, but yeah, it's very rare. But like I said, it it wasn't that rare, uh, not that long ago, Rick. It's I'll tell you, like it's 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 totally changed the uh, the dynamics of the housing industry. Uh, totally changed in the in the last uh, five years. Just prior, pr- around two thousand seventeen, but but two thousand. 15, 16, you'd, you'd probably find some for sure. No problem. There'd probably be at least 20 of them, uh, maybe 10 to 20 of them at any given time. Uh, then after 2017, it, it kind of narrowed it down a little bit less. And then right now, forget it. It's, uh, you're not gonna, you're not, if you find something, it's because the, the seller doesn't know what the market is and they haven't been paying attention to the news mm-hmm. or anything or the newspapers or anything like that, but what's going on in the market. So if anybody's trying to, Think they think they're giving you a deal out there by by you selling your house for two hundred thousand or even uh, or two hundred fifty or three hundred thousand. Be very very leery because uh, those people will um, you know they're taking advantage of of what the market is like. So I just hope nobody uh, gets taken advantage and selling privately uh, for that kind of money. The uh, Canadian Prairies have the most homes for sale under two hundred thousand uh, dollars, led by Edmonton. They have thirteen hundred homes under two hundred k. Regina has has the highest percentage. Thirty six percent of the homes in Regina uh, are under two hundred thousand dollars, followed by Lethbridge, then Edmonton, Saskatoon, Winnipeg, Red Deer, Airdrie, Alberta and Calgary. On the East Coast, a lot of people going to Atlantic Canada um, have a couple of relatives who sold their home in uh, North Burlington and and went to um, Nova Scotia. Uh, Cape Breton, Nova Scotia, the highest percentage of homes uh, listed under $200,000 at 44%, followed by St. John, New Brunswick, St. John's, Newfoundland, Moncton, New Brunswick, Charlottetown, PEI, and Halifax at just under 2%. And in Quebec, uh, 9% in Quebec City, uh, 2% in Longueuil, followed by Gatineau, Laval, and Montreal. And in BC, um, Surrey, BC, the highest percentage at 0.46%. So not a lot of homes out there. If I were to ask you, what is, it, maybe over the last year, maybe even two or five years, what's been the least or the lowest priced home that you've seen on the market? I'd say probably about, um, I'd say 300, 350. Yeah. You, you see those once in a while, but it, again, it, it needs a lot of work. Um, uh, very rarely though, you've seen it. We actually had one house and you're not going to believe this. We put up for a two ninety nine nine and held offers. And now this is just during this, this, uh, time where the, the market's correcting itself a bit in, in pricing. Mm-hmm. And we got zero offers on that. We were really? only offers. We got zero. So Rick, it, it, I mean, when you're getting a, a, a $299,000 house and holding offers and nobody's showing up to the table, we know the market has, has definitely, uh, paused for a bit. So we definitely have to, uh, rethink that one. And we did end up selling it for a, over 300, but not that much over, uh, it, the house did need a lot of work, um, and it wasn't in the greatest part of the city, but definitely, um, uh, but yeah, and even houses in that price range, people were kind of, you know, sitting on the sidelines and waiting. Nobody wants to compete anymore. Mm-hmm. That, 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 those days, uh, 
people are not going to jump in and overbid on, on something that where, where there's a market that's kind of correcting itself. So people want to find out where that pivotal point is, where the market value is going to be. And that's what everybody's waiting for. Um, I mean, we're, we're still higher than last year. And once it settles and the market's just going to, uh, it'll start going back in gear again. Again, like I said, always, there is a shortage of homes in Canada and especially in Ontario. So the market has to resettle itself and, and, and then, and then it'll, it'll coast along. In all fairness, that home for 300 K basically it was probably a really niche market. Cause you're probably only uh, targeting the investor. Like no family is going to want to move into a home where they have to basically get the place and take time to do so. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know what? Because a, a lot of times, uh, especially young first time buyers, they just barely got enough money to save for the down payment. They're not going to have the money to renovate. So it is, it is for investors. Investors don't like to compete uh, because they're, they want to, they want to get the house renovated, flip it and go on to the next one. So right now investors are just sitting on the sidelines, just like everybody else is. Everybody is just uh, waiting to see where, where the, the market's uh, going to settle. And then once that does, and then everybody's going to be back in again, but we just got to find out we're, we're in the middle of that transition market as we speak right now. Houses are still selling. We've, we've, we've sold quite a few homes this month so far. Uh, well, our final numbers will be out, uh, this week sometime. And, um, but, uh, but again, uh, like, you know, we're just all waiting. We're all waiting where the, where the dust is going to settle. And then from there, we're going to be back in, uh, rocking and rolling again. If you want to sell your home or you are in the market to buy a house, call Hamilton, Burlington, and Niagara's top real estate team, the Golfie team, at 905-575-7700. Online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I. Dot com. Let's move over to Burlington and Oakville because recent stats have shown that prices in those two communities are on the decline for all home types, whether it's condos, uh, single detached homes. What is happening in Burlington and Oakville? You know, Burlington and Oakville, they're high price point uh, areas. And usually the high price point areas take a, a more of a, a beating when the market changes. Um, and, and that's, and that's what's happening. Like, I mean, Oak, uh, like Oakville, uh, with the average sale price is probably one point, uh, what is it uh, we have right here? Uh, 1.2 or 1.3, uh, actually, sorry, Burlington in March was 1.8, uh, yeah. and, uh, 1.856 in Oakville, according to the report, sorry, uh, Burlington was 1.691 and Oakville was 1.856. Right. So those numbers are going to change dramatically in Oakville, Burlington. It's just their high price point. So, um, and there, there's not as many buyers in that price point. So now, um, the, those people are, will, will take a, a bigger hit, um, when, when, uh, when the market is correcting itself. But I mean, again, uh, they stay there. If you bought earlier this year and paid a high price for your house, um, you wait a couple, a year or two, you'll be back. It'll be, it'll be back where it was. And, and I think it's going to be back a lot sooner than the previous time we had a boom in 2017, just because of the fact, um, we, there, there is a shortage of homes, uh, in, uh, in Ontario. So what, what's going to happen is it's going to settle once we get used to the interest rates in the market. And, 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 it, and that's just the way life is. That's what we're going to have to accept then you'll see the market going back in again. But the problem, the problem there is um, 
the affordability, like there's going to be less people able to afford. So the people that wanted to move to Oakville, they mm-hmm. may not be able to. Now they have to go to Burlington. Now people in Bur- people that wanted to move to Burlington, well, they're going to have to come to Hamilton. I know uh, it's something they don't want to tell their friends and where they live. Sometimes those people, you know, <laughs> but it's just the way it is. <laughs> How? Uh, let me ask you this. How big, because we saw prices increase dramatically in Ancaster taking over places like Burlington. How big of a factor did the popularity of Ancaster have on the numbers that we're seeing in Burlington and Oakville? Yeah, Ancaster is gonna it's gonna hold itself. Uh, it's just kind of, it's kind of just like a small niche community, and uh, you know they've got like Ancaster's got like a, a lot of areas with you know rolling hills where there's houses and different you know it. Ancaster is gonna stick around, uh, and, and they'll they'll have a little bit of an adjustment, but but not a, not as bad as the uh, uh, Burlington and, and Oakville, but Ancaster. Will uh, will still be a, a popular place because people in Hamilton move to Ancaster uh, quite a bit. It's it's one of the areas that's the goal for a lot of people uh, to move to. Uh, that people that live, uh, especially especially in West Hamilton. So people go in West Hamilton or West West Mountain. They want to go to Ancaster, and it just depends on on their likelihood of what what style house and what kind of property they want. People, you can get a nice property in Ancaster, you know, with nice. A, a great lot, you know, you could put a pool in, uh, you got a lot of backyard. It's, it, uh, you know, Ancaster is a nice little community. So we're, you're going to see people outside of Hamilton wanting to move to Ancaster and you got people in Hamilton want to move to Ancaster. So you got, you got a quite a bit of, uh, uh, consumer population that are interested in, in that, uh, little niche, uh, community. Let's talk about the um, two terms that we're hearing a lot about, price correction or, you know, the, the housing market crash. There's a big difference between the two, isn't there? There is a big difference in uh, uh, the word using price correction or crash. We're not in a crash. We're we're in a correction of the market, and that's what we're going through. We're not, there's no recession. There's no, there's nothing like that. It's just the market uh, swung so high up that it's got to settle back to where it should be. And uh, once it settles, uh, then it'll just start moving along. So, um, so you got to be very careful on, you know, what people say it is. Like if you get, I, I, I don't think realtors should say there's a crash. There's no crash. It's, it's just a correction. And, um, you know, the market, the market, the market will be back and it'll, it'll be more balanced and it'll be so sustainable. Uh, when, once it settles and that, and that's, and that's where it's happening right now. It, like I said, we're in the middle of that correction that, and once it's, once it flatline like flatlines, then it's going to, then it'll continue and, uh, it'll be like, it never happened. And it, and the same thing happened in 2017, the same thing happened there that we had a spike in early 2017 and then there's, uh, then it had to recorrect itself. And, and then we were back in, back in business, back rolling again. Now the difference between 2017 and 2022 is that the interest rates, there's a, there's a big difference in interest rates, but no matter what the interest rates are, there's still a correction. So, um, I, it's just that now buyers will have to qualify, um, you know, it, it's going to be harder for them to qualify for the, the more expensive homes right now, but as things settle and, and things get back on track, then everything will be back in business. Every, everybody changes a notch in, in affordability, what they can afford to buy. So you get the guys that could afford a million dollars. Now they're going to have to go down to, you know, you know, 
nine hundred, and and the people that could afford nine hundred, they have to go maybe to eight fifty to eight hundred. So it just it just brings everybody down a notch just uh, for affordability, and that's what we're trying to settle, and that's what we're trying to find out right now. Uh, when once this market uh, uh, corrects itself, and the last crash we had in the housing market would have been early '90s, right? That was a that was a crash uh, in the early '90s, and there was so many things that happened there. And but that was probably almost like a correction itself. But the '90s, uh, when that when that uh, correction happened, um, the, it flatlined for the whole decade, and that was the only time in the history since 19, probably 1930, when that, that was a depression or that was a market crash. Um, but in the nineties, um, you know, the, the market did swing one way and it just stayed there for, for a while. Hmm. I, and I remember we were looking at the, the numbers last week and it, I think it, uh, 1990, the average sale price in Hamilton, uh, Hamilton Burlington was 167, and then at 19, uh, 2000, it ended up at 164,000. So it didn't move much in 10 years, wow. but it uh, eventually, uh, then once 2000 hit, things just climbed since then. So we've been 22 years of steady growth. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, mortgages from alternative lenders and also what are the Ontario Liberals cooking in terms of a use-it-or-lose-it tax. Find out by tuning in to the Golfy Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition. It continues on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect Reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. You're listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with you, alongside Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfy team. Call them today, 905-575-7700. You'll be calling Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales, 905-575-7700. Scrolling through the internet, you got to head over to robgolfy.com to get your home sold. That's Rob, G-O-L-L. FI.com and follow the Golfy team on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, mortgage rates. We know that uh, interest rates are on the rise. Anyone renewing their mortgage, uh, maybe breaking out of their mortgage to refinance their home, are going to see that those rates are a little bit higher than the last time around. But there is some movement in terms of alternative lenders as those rates rise. What should we know here? So I know, okay, the the major banks like the TDs, the CIBC, uh, the TD, uh, uh, Royal uh, Bank, Bank uh, <laughs> Royal Bank, and Scotia Bank, yeah. and all those, all the major banks, BMO, they all have the stress test. Now, so do the credit unions, but they don't have to implement that as much. They're not federally uh, governed as much as the big banks are. So, I mean, if you talk to a mortgage broker or go directly to 
um, like credit union, they can actually play with the, the stress test. So, so if you qualify, let's say at the bank, uh, the, the, like, like any major bank that we have, let's say for a, a $600,000 mortgage mm-hmm. with the stress test, you may qualify maybe for a $700,000 mortgage without the stress test. If you go to a credit union, um, sometimes you may have to ask for it, but I, I, I don't know what the, tr- the laws are now, but a lot of the times the qualifying is probably better at a, at a credit union. I mean, we have, uh, uh, two mortgage brokers, uh, Sam and Brian, um, that, uh, uh, work with us and they deal with credit unions and sometimes, uh, and they'd be able to, uh, really, uh, you know, walk you through that. And if people wanted to call us and that are looking that are first time buyers. So basically if the interest rate is 4%, uh, you may qualify for a 4% interest rate versus a 6% interest rate, even though, uh, it is four. So like the credit unions sometimes are, are pretty good. And you know what? They're, there's, there's, they're worth looking at. A lot of people don't realize the credit unions have a lot to offer that sometimes the major banks can't. If you qualify for a certain percentage at one of the big banks, um, does the credit union look at that and then try to beat it? Does it have to match it? Or then are there any regulations in terms of, you know, once you go to one financial institution, that is the standard and that's what you're going to see elsewhere. Well, the, the, the thing is that credit unions are typically responsible to members instead of shareholders. Right. And though they are similar products uh, to banks, they are not subject to the same federal regulations, including qualifying rate restrictions, allowing them to take a risk your customers. They can play with it, but management, the people that are running the credit unions, they're going to say, listen, we can't, let, let's, let's stick with what the banks are, their lowest rate, whatever they can push. Now, the banks, when you go to a bank, um, and they're going to try to get that extra quarter eighth or whatever interest rate from you because mm-hmm. that's their job is trying to make money. Right. But they're going to be competitive. And, um, but, and the credit unions, the same thing, right. They're going to do the same thing. Then they, but they, but they're a little bit more lenient when it comes to approving a mortgage. I mean, I mean, you can't just walk into a bank and say, Hey, I, I'm looking for, if you got bad credit, you got bad credit, regardless, you got bad credit now. So if you got bad credit, you go to the B lenders and, uh, you know, you end up going to like some trust companies like, you know, Epper Trust. Sometimes uh, they will give you uh, a mortgage, but you're going to pay at 8% interest rate. Right. And some people do it because, you know, they want to own property, but they're paying a heavy interest rate. And once they get their credit back in order, they can go to a conventional bank. But credit unions, they, they've got a little more play than your regular uh, um federal bank or a national bank mm-hmm. that's in, in Canada. Good to know and a good option for those who are looking to jump in the market, uh, perhaps for the first time or looking to renew their mortgage and they're seeing those interest rates uh, going up, up and up. Uh, a credit union or an alternative lender might be an option for you. Lots more to come here on the show, including we're in the midst of a federal election campaign voting day just days away, but there is one of the main four political parties that have an idea on how to, I guess, 
curb those investors from uh, adding to the price escalation that we've seen in this province. We also have an update on the Golfy Grad Signs uh, Initiative, which is a cool new feature that we'll tell you about coming up here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Our house is a very, very, very fine house with two cats in the yard. Life used to be so hard. Now everything is easy because of you. And one more go-round here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. You can find them on the World Wide Web. RobGolfy.com is the website. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call the first real estate team in Hamilton ever to sell 1,000 homes in a year. That's 905-575-7700. 905-575-7700. They're all over over social media follow the golfy team on twitter tiktok instagram like them and give them a follow on facebook as well well the ontario liberal party one of the four main political parties in this province proposing a so-called use it or lose it real estate tax so any investor who purchases a home then is fixing up that home but no one is living in the home they'll be subjected to a tax what do you think about this yeah i don't know i think i think it's just something that they're going to um, mention through, you know, political and trying to, you know, win vote. But I don't think that'll ever go through, win it or lose it. Because uh, then people look at uh, Ontario is not a place to invest in real estate. Now, some people um, can afford to buy a, a house with pro- or a property and not having rental income on it or not anything. They just can let it sit and that's it. Um, and, a lot of, and a lot of people can't. So I think, um, you know, them implementing something that uh, if you don't uh, use it, you lose it. Um, I, I think it's just, uh, I don't think that'll ever pass. I think it's just something uh, the liberals are just mentioning to, to gain votes and, uh, and try to help about this housing market and, and thinking that, well, if we lose all these people that have these empty homes, which is, I think is a lot more prominent in the, uh, Vancouver area, uh, especially out there, they have neighborhoods, uh, you know, like that look like ghost towns. You drive through and there's no cars in the driveways. There's no activity. You just see, you know, landscapers just driving, you know, c- cutting the lawns and that's it. Nobody's there. Yeah. I don't think, I think it's just a tactic in my, my opinion on that, on yeah. that aspect. The other part of this too, is that the liberals want to tax, um, I guess corporations, for lack of a better term, those that own land but have not built anything on the land. They haven't broken ground. They're just sitting on the land knowing that it's going to go up in value. So those entities, those corporations or organizations would be taxed. Uh, So I guess it would force them to just, I guess, continue to pay that tax or unload that land to someone who's going to build some homes on the land, which may or may not speed up the home building process. Well, a lot of builders buy land. They, they, it's called land banking. So, for instance, a builder will buy land today that you 
that will not get approved for uh, for development, maybe for another five to ten years. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you, you know, that'd be great if you can start uh, developing it because they would if they can buy land today and 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 change the zoning on it to residential and start building. But it doesn't work that way. A lot of times, they they like a lot of the land that a lot of the uh, uh, builders are building on right now. They bought five, ten, twenty years ago. Some of them, and so it, it took time. For the for the, um, the the urban plan to grow to that to where that land is, um, you know, like like uh, Summit Park. I mean, that was wasn't planned to start developing as quickly as it did when they started that. The city, my my understanding is, the city went to uh, Aldo uh, DeSantis from uh, Multi Era Homes and said, "Hey, listen, we want you to start developing up here," and he didn't buy that land to develop like in the last five, 10 years, he bought it to, I think he bought it for his kids or grandkids to start developing it. That he, that was land banking there. He was <laughs> banking that, you know, for future, but, but the city, uh, my understanding is, is said, Hey, listen, we, we'll give you the approval if you want to start developing it. And he did. Um, so it, it, it's, I don't know, like uh, developers need to, they need time. I mean, they're land banking. If they buy everything, they don't even have enough, uh, uh, people or con- uh, construction guys to work to develop what they have. So they're, they're in the process. I mean, believe me, if they can, if they can, uh, uh, you know, get approvals on development, they will, they'll do it. But, but it's the municipality levels that are, are slowing them down. we got about a minute to talk about a, a great initiative from the Golfie team. It's a graduation season for those in high school, uh, college, university, the Golfie grad signs go green. What's happening? Yeah. Order uh, a lawn sign for uh, if you're a graduate of kindergarten, grade eight or grade 12 or and, or post-secondary. T- take a picture with yourself and uh, post it on social media and tag us on that. Uh, we have prizes, you know, uh, just follow us on social media. Prizes, $200 gift card, Toys R Us, $500 Visa card and two $1,000 checks. Now you just go on and, and order a, uh, uh, a sign for your, for your house. Uh, it says a graduate lives here, a 2022 graduate lives here. We'll come and deliver it and put it on your, on your front lawn. And with that, uh, our goal is that we will plant a tree in Ontario uh, with this. The, the best part of this campaign uh, this year is that with every sign ordered, our team donates, uh, uh, have a tree planted in Ontario. We will be donating uh, to the organization called uh, One Tree Planted. And, uh, and, uh, and, and we're, our goal is to do 500 trees uh, uh, in the next uh, 60 days. Well, that's pretty cool. Great stuff, great initiative, and a great team, the Golfie team, 905-575-7700. Online, the website is robgolfie.com. Thanks for listening to the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition. We're back next Saturday at 9 on 900 CHML. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada.
Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.